I uh, was reading something this morning. I got a real blessing from just a little something I found in a magazine. It said that during World War II, the Germans were bombing everything over there in, in Germany, and there's a little, or getting bombed, and there's a little Christian lady uh, up in her age, and <clears throat> her children found her, and after the bombing, everybody was searching around for everybody to see who they could find, and they found her in her bed asleep. And they said, Grandma, how in the world could you sleep through all that? She said, because I have a heavenly Father, and He's always awake. I didn't see both of us staying up. <laughs> I thought that was good. <clears throat> if you would, please, I'd like to begin this morning in Psalm 16. Psalm 16. Find it with me, because it's a very important psalm during this time. Psalm 16, verse 1. Preserve me, O God, for in Thee do I put my, my trust. O my soul, Thou hast said unto the Lord, Thou art my Lord. My goodness extendeth not to Thee. But to the saints that are in the earth, and to the excellent, in whom is all my delight, their sorrows shall be multiplied, that hasten after another God. Their drink offerings of blood will I not offer nor take up their names into my lips. The Lord is a portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. The lions are fallen to me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the right seasons. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad, and my glory rejoices. My flesh also shall rest in hope. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither will I suffer thy holy one to seek corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Father, we pray in Jesus' name that you would bless everyone that's come this morning and those that hear these words from thee today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I was reading these verses and and uh, what a blessed psalm this is. Uh, first of all, primarily this is a Mosaic psalm which means it's a psalm about the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 1 says, Preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my trust. Do you know that a Christian is a joint heir of Jesus Christ? Think about that now. Everything that Jesus has, then I got. Because I'm one of his children, and I'm a joint heir with him according to the Scriptures. That makes me a rich man. I inherited it. Jesus owned everything. Jesus made everything. And everything that was made was made for him. And you and I as Christians are going to share it with him. I told a man some time ago, I might have said this before, but I use it for my own benefit a great deal. 
told a man some time ago how God had blessed me in so many ways. And he said to me, God sure doesn't bless me like that. And I asked him, have you been saved? Are you a child of God? He answered, no. Then God has no obligation to bless the devil's children. And don't fuss at God if you're not his child then. It's simple as that. A Christian has a right to say, though, oh, Lord, take care of me. I'm trusting you. I need you, Lord, to make my child well. Or I need you, Lord, I have a money problem in my life. Or a health problem. Or whatever it is that's in your life that's going on right now. We have a right to say to God, I'm trusting you to take care of it. You know why? God's reputation is at stake. A Christian putting his trust in the Lord uh, to take care of him, God will take care of that person. A Christian can say, Lord, take care of my baby, my wife, my children, my family, everything that I am, because this is your body, or this is your wife, or this is your baby, or this is your child, and so on. We as Christians have a right then to call on God in times of trouble and needs. But the unsaved does not, because their father is the devil. Who are you going to live for if you're blessed then? You live for the Lord. God is my own personal Lord and Father. I want you to look at verse 2. O my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, Thou art my Lord. My goodness extendeth not to thee. I believe one of the greatest words in the English language is a little word, my. For instance, somebody says, no, this is my baby. I love to have people come up to me all the time and they show me pictures of their grandchildren or their children. And I said, boy, they're beautiful little children. You make a comment about their children. But I said, let me show you mine. Amen. And mine's the prettiest. And I always, I let them know real quick, this is my grandbaby, or this is my child. And I believe it's the same way when it comes to God. Uh, the little word my makes all the difference. Many a person has said to me over the years, you can't prove there is a God. But I said, oh, yes, I can. You know why? Because he answered my prayers this week. Uh, let me give you a little, uh, uh, not a little one, but a great answer to prayer this very week. You know, Don, the, the, the young lady's been kicked in the head by the, a horse. Uh, they said there's, you know, just about no hope for her, and, and she's uh, have all kind of things going on in her head, and uh, she probably wouldn't wake up. And uh, they called me last night, late in the night. Uh, her daddy did and, and said uh, that the doctors say now that she is responding, that uh, they were going to put a tube down her throat, they're going to do a tracheotomy on her and put a tube down her throat. And now they're saying uh, that they were so busy with all the other things that they couldn't get to putting a thing down her throat. And they come back in and got to test on her. Now they're saying they don't have to, that she's responding. And uh, I said, boy, that's a, that's a direct answer to prayer. Amen? So don't tell me there's not a God. My God answers my prayers. 
The unsaved does not have that privilege because their father is the devil. Who are you going to call upon? Now, I want you to watch this. Here's what I am saying, Psalm 14, verse 1. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Now, anyone who looks up at the full moon sometimes and sees that beautiful full moon, uh, if, they got, if they're right in their head, they got to say there is a God. But the fool says, no God for me. It's one thing to say there's a God way up yonder someplace, but it's another thing to say there's a God in heaven and He is my God. Psalm 16, verse 2 again says, O my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, Thou art my Lord. The difference between the saved and the unsaved then, there is a God in heaven, but He is my God. Amen. He belongs to me. All of God's resources are mine. I've been listening to this thing going on over there in Afghanistan and, and how the, they're treating, the people are treating one another, coming back in now and taking over the country. And we went over there and we trying to uh, give them Christian ethics and Christian ideas to live by and how to treat their women and how to treat one another and so on. And now it's all going right back to where it was and uh, you look at that and you say, how can that be? It's one thing. God is not their God. Amen? Allah is their God, and He's not the God of the Bible. So He's not God. He's not their God. So they can't call upon Him. Listen to Psalm 16, verse 4. Look at verse 4. Their sorrow shall be multiplied that hasten after another God. Their drink offerings of blood will I not offer, nor take up their names into my lips. Now, <clears throat> verse 4 and 5, the Bible makes it plain over and over again, any people or any nation of peoples who has hastened after other gods will have their sorrows multiplied. And our president, this very weak group, and said we're no longer a nation under one God, but he said we're a nation under many gods, Hinduism and Muslims and everything else in this country. We're worshiping other gods besides the real God. And uh, you think about it, please. No wonder America's in the trouble it's in then. America has hastened after other gods. You look around the world and any nation who hastened after other gods are distressed. They're in trouble. They're sickened, they're famine and pestilence. Now look at verse 5. The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance, and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. That's my God. Verse 6 through 8. The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. I will bless the Lord, who has given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be moved. Notice this verse says, I have set the Lord always before me. That's always, not just when everything is going good, but in bad times also, in troubled times, in season, out of season. By the way, that's praying without ceasing. And Jesus taught us to pray without ceasing. Uh, night, morning, night, and noon. Most people have just enough religion to make them miserable. But they 
have enough of Jesus to keep them from enjoying the world, just enough of the world to keep them from enjoying Jesus. And the secret of a happy Christian life is just put God first in your life. Happiness depends on everything being in its right place. Now you think about this for just a minute. When everything's in its right place, then God is glorified. Uh, somebody come to me, I forgot who it was last week, or called me or something, they were talking to me about uh, uh, the man having, I, I know what it was now, somebody called me and said, uh, Pastor, isn't it so that God has ordained that man should be the head of the house? And I said, let me explain something to you. God has an order in life. And God ordained it such. And if you get that order out of kilter, I don't care who you are or what that situation is, if you get that order out of kilter, you're in trouble. Why? Because God has ordained it that way. And God said, man, woman, and children. Amen? And man was uh, uh, made first and then the woman. Now, uh, you can get mad, you can have a fit, you can do whatever you want to. You don't realize who I'm living for, with and everything in the world. But when you, when you see that, not just in marriage, but in government, God is told uh, what to do in church and everything else. And what, who is supposed to lead and who's not supposed to lead. When you get that out of killer, you have nothing but chaos. You have problems. And we want to blame it on everything in the world. Now, I want you to watch this. But God says the secret of a Christian life is put God first in your life. And happiness depends on everything being in its right place. God has put it that way. The way to get everything in its right place is to put God first. Did you know you can't have a right relationship in the marriage unless you put God first? You put God first and everything else falls in its place. You want to obey God. What makes a difference in a happy home is children obeying their parents. And when the children disobey their parents, there's a mess in the home. It's the same way when it comes to God's children. God said, put me first and everything else will work out. Amen? And you won't argue. You see, when you start arguing with the Bible, you're arguing with God. And you're not going to win. And so you have to put God first. And the way to get everything in its right place is put God first. Your life, your wife, your children, your job, your pleasure, whatever it is, put God before everything. That's happiness. Look at verse 8 and 9. I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad, and my glory rejoices. My flesh also shall rest in hope. I love that verse. Now I want you to watch this. The Christian is the only ones who can go to the grave with the hope of the resurrection. Notice, first of all, no purgatory is mentioned here. There's no in-between. Just have some bodies present with the Lord. Did you ever stop to think everybody is just a heartbeat away from the heaven or hell? Jesus' body saw no corruption in the grave. Look at verse 10. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Now I want you to watch it, please. You have to go back and study the Old Testament to understand what this is talking about. In the Old Testament days, before Jesus died and was buried and rose again, 
there was a place in the earth we called the center of earth was heaven, uh, so to speak, a heaven below. God's saints went there waiting on the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I don't understand all I know about that. I just know that it's true because the Bible says so. All right? Now, what Jesus is saying then, that his flesh would not be left there. And when Jesus rose from the dead, me and your, my bodies are not going to be left there either. Now, what is, uh, somebody says, I'm not interested in my body when I die. Well, I say to you, I sure am. I like this old body. Amen? And I don't know anybody in their right mind that don't like their old body. If you did, why'd you get before the mirror? If you don't, why'd you get before the mirror this morning and try to prep that thing up? Amen? I think we all like our bodies. My body is who I am. I'm not somebody else. I am who I am. And like you know me in this body. And I want to know you when we get to heaven. Jesus rose from the dead in his body. Glorified body, yes. But body just the same. Now people knew him after his resurrection. How could they know him after his resurrection if he didn't have a body? But the Bible says his body was there with his disciples. And he ate fish and honeycomb with them. And so Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Moses, and Peter, and Paul, and John, and Dad, and Mom, and our loved ones, all have bodies in heaven. Verse 9 says, My flesh also shall rest in hope. Amen? Not just my spirit. And I thank God for a bodily resurrection. I want you to watch something else taught here. Look at verse 11. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Thou wilt show me the path of life. You know, I, I, I've studied this quite a bit. I don't know what life is. I don't understand what life is. I know what scientists say it is, but I don't really know. But you can tell when you're alive, there are certain responses you have when you're alive. You breathe, your heart beats, and if you don't breathe or your heart don't beat, then you're dead. Now I want you to watch this. Somebody says, I can't know when I'm born again. I can't know when I'm saved. Oh, yes, you can. For this reason, there are ways to know if you're spiritually alive. Do you respond to the Lord Jesus Christ? Now, I respond to breath. I respond to heartbeat. And my body's alive. I have life in me. But I have spiritual life in me also. Why? Because I respond to the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you believe in the deity of Christ? Do you know He's God? Only God can save a soul. And Jesus is God in the flesh. John 10 verse 30 says, I and my Father are one. Now you can give a man everything in his heart except God. And it is still empty. But when God comes in, he fills it up. In 1 John chapter 5 verse 12, He that has the Son has life. And he has life has the Son of God has not life. He had not the Son of God has not life. Now verse 11 again. Thou wilt show me the path of life. 
in thy presence is fullness of joy. In thy hand there are pleasures forevermore. The whole thing that all the Bible is written for is, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? Amen. And if you know Him, we have all the pleasures of life. I enjoy the pleasures of life. I really do. I love good food. I love good music. I love spiritual things. I love fleshly things that God gives me. And I enjoy life itself. And I realize where I got it from. All my pleasures of life come from the Lord. Amen. And I believe with all my soul, here one of the sweetest psalms that's ever been written. And, and remember now, this psalm is about one person, Lord Jesus Christ. But because it's about the Lord and everything belongs to the Lord, then I'm a joint heir with Him, then it belongs to me too. But it does not belong to the unsaved. It's just like I, I quote many, many times Psalms 23. And the first five words of Psalm 23, uh, everything else depends on the rest of the Psalms in. The Lord is my shepherd. And if the Lord is your shepherd, then you can claim all of Psalms 23, the rest of it. You can say it's mine also. But if an unsaved person comes along and they say, well, I'm not saved. And I have preached one of the, one of the hardest things for me to do as a preacher is to preach an unsaved person's funeral. And I have to do it. I have to go there and I have to preach their funeral. And I cannot give the family or the friends false hope. That's not that God didn't call me to do that. He called me to preach His Word, the truth. Amen? And when He does that, I'm not going to go there and, and try to hurt somebody. And why should I talk to about why should I talk about somebody that's dead without Christ and they burn in the lake of fire right now. That's not my job. My job is to preach to those that's alive and those that's in the assembly. And so when I come to an unsaved person, I'm not going to try to preach to them except one thing. You're not going to enjoy the pleasure of life that I enjoy unless you know my Savior. And Psalms 23 says, if you know the Lord is your Savior, you have peace, you have joy, you have all these things in life. Then you come to Psalm 16, says the same thing. Psalm 16 says, preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my trust. And if you're in the Lord Jesus Christ, you can claim all these other things that's taught here. I'm not worried about dying. My body's not going to the grave and stay in there. It'll go to the grave, it's not going to stay there. It's going to be resurrected again. Why should I worry? Why should I fret? That's why that little thing I read this morning meant so much to me because I had no idea I was going to read it, but I knew what I was going to teach. And I thought about that little lady going through that bomb and, and everything going around her falling in and, and everybody dying all around her. And somebody got to looking for her afterwards and found her asleep in her bed. They said, why in the world, how in the world could you go to sleep in all this? She said, because I, God is my Heavenly Father and He takes care of me. Why should I stay awake and worry about it? <laughs> and I thought about that. I said, that's the sweetest thing. Amen. I love this psalm. Heavenly Father, would you bless each one that's come and those that hear Him. Help us to stay close to you and pray every day, all day. Take care of us, Lord. Watch over and keep us. 
And I think of so many that's without you and dying without you, without hope. And they have no hope. They have no Heavenly Father such as we do. But God, we got one who takes care of us. And we thank you so much for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much.